Hello all and welcome to episode 34 of Geeks and Games. It astonishes me every episode we do how like big the numbers are getting. It's really so cool. Um, I'm Tiger and as always I'm joined by Yoshimitsu. Hello. Yes, hello. So today we are going to be talking about a special subject that some of the episodes I've been doing over the course of the series have more or less, I feel like, been copy pastes of games and stuff that have been mentioned in videos by Scott the Waz just because I really like his presentation and the what what type of exploration he brings to the table with some humor to boot. This time I've kind of been trying to do a subject that really hasn't been covered in any of the Scott the Waz videos as of yet. If he makes one, I didn't copy him this time like the last episode we did about canceled games and consoles that was more or less taken from his videos and so what i'm doing is sort of taking that and then adding more that i find around the internet and then make it a podcast episode but anyway i've been rambling about that for too long the point is i'm sorry for plagiarizing anyway so first off in video game news harmonics the developer behind it was either the rock band or guitar hero i can't remember but they are now a subsidiary of Epic Games, a.k.a. the Fortnite people. And so that's cool. The only Harmonix game I played was the Fantasia game they made, which is actually pretty good. Namco announced on their YouTube channel they're making this game called Pac-Man Museum Plus, which packs so many Pac-Man games. Like every time they announce a new one, I'm like, wait, there's more? The only one people seem to want in it that isn't is the pac-man world games the 3d pac-man games that came out around like the late 90s early 2000s but i still think it's an amazing collection nonetheless it is kind of weird that there isn't miss pac-man or any of those games in there but it's still really cool um the nintendo wii celebrated its 15th anniversary on november 19th so happy birthday to it you've been a really good console it was that and the PlayStation 2 were my childhood. And, of course, browser games I played on the computer, but, you know, still. And lastly, Minecraft released part two of the Kays and Kliss update in 1.18, which released on the 30th of last month. I'm at, Something I've been playing is um been playing a bit of the Minecraft Education Edition to figure out what's different. It's actually really interesting. It's more or less vanilla Minecraft, but it's like a few months behind whatever the last update was. But you can have this little agent come on if you select the coding option. And it uh, looks like a little mini iron golem. It's kind of, He's kind of cute. So, like I said, today, we are my, the topic I've chosen to introduce is obscure games and popular franchises. Now... Video game franchises, some of them have been around for a long time, some for so long that there are many games in the series that most people haven't played at all. So a lot of these games, very few people have played. If one of you has played this, I'm honestly so surprised. Um, a lot of these games that even though very people have played, some people can still like, some people still know them through videos and whatnot. Like, for example, the first ones I'm going to bring up are the Nintendo licensed games for the Philips CDI, which we've mentioned on the show many times, like Hotel Mario and then the three Zelda games, Link the Faces of Evil, Zelda The Wand of Gamelon, and Zelda's Adventure. But they're infamous mainly for their cutscene, their really dumb and weird cutscenes included in YouTube poops, 
One of my favorites is Oahaha, which is the king from the Link the Faces of Evil singing the He Man Hey Yay Yay video. It's right. in- it's You'll incre- have to put a link. It's incredibly yeah. dumb, but it's amazing. Yeah, that's going in the playlist for sure. And another game that is in the Mario series that I think nobody has heard of, and I only heard of this one when there was this video I had seen that was ranking every console. I think that's in one of the stuff we mentioned playlist as well. But Bandai made this console called the Bandai Terabico, and it was essentially like... um. It looked like a miniature landline phone, you know, like the little phone from Toy Story 3 that helps Woody escape. It looks like that. And then you're supposed to say things into it and then like push the num push the buttons to progress their levels. It's essentially like a choose your own adventure console, quote unquote, meant for kids. And one of the games made for them was this Mario game called Super Mario World, Mario Toyoshi no Bokenland. It's an interactive anime film. It looks uh, kind of interesting, but I didn't take the time to watch all of it. <laughs> or I can't play it either because I don't know where to find a Bandai Terabico since I don't know anybody who's even heard of one. Zelda games, uh, like I said, Link the Faces of Evil was one of them, but there are quite a few Tingle games. Like I think he got three, but the most notable one is probably freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land because it's the only one that left Japan. It came to Europe. It was a Legend of Zelda spinoff released in 2006. Came out on the Nintendo DS for Japan and also Europe. But there was also this version of Balloon Fight that's our Tingle called Tingle's Balloon Fight. And it came out for the DS exclusively through Club Nintendo in Japan. Japan got all the cool Club Nintendo prizes. Sonic. Sonic has had a lot of games over the years. One of the more interesting ones is Sonic R for the Sega Saturn, which is a relatively obscure racing game where you run. It's kind of weird to see a Sonic racing game where you're running, but I think Amy and Eggman both drive vehicles instead of just run. I've heard the, the music. The music is really good. One of the, the opening theme to the song, the opening theme to the game, I can't remember what it was called, but it's sort of become a meme within the Sonic fandom community. And they even have, the game even has its own Rainbow Ride clone. It's really interesting looking, but I've never played it because I've never met anybody who owns a Sega Saturn and I don't have one. But Sonic had another game called Sonic the Hedgehog Pocket Adventure for the SNK Neo Geo Pocket Color in 1999 called Sonic the Hedgehog Pocket Adventure. Now, I feel like anytime any company introduced a handheld that was out around the time the Game Boy was, it was kind of destined to sort of become decimated. The PlayStation Portable and the PlayStation Vita still sort of found their footing and managed to make sales, even though they really didn't come that close to the Nintendo DS and 3DS. Because the DS is like one of the best-selling consoles of all time. I want to say it's like number three. I don't know if it's the best-selling console ever. I want to say that like um the top three were like... uh. DS, Wii, and then PlayStation 2, but maybe PlayStation 1 was above the DS. I can't remember if the NES was a better selling one than either one of them. Uh, Pokemon. So this one's a unique one because Pokemon is so incredibly huge, making billions of dollars. I think the only video game franchises that make more money than it are Mario and Call of Duty. Like, it's so huge like 
five years ago when Pokemon Go released the summer of 2016, everybody was playing Pokemon Go. It was just everywhere. And people nowadays are still committed to it. And Nintendo and Niantic are trying again to make another Nintendo-themed AR game with po- with Pikmin Bloom. I can't remember if it's already out or not. It probably is. But um, the Pokemon game I've chosen to pick isn't really a game. It's more of like a series of games. Because like I said, Pokemon is so huge, it didn't get just an obscure game. It got an entire obscure console. It was called the Pokemon Mini, and it released in 1999. It did release in America, and the the console itself is like the size of a Game Boy cartridge. So the games are of somewhat lesser quality than an actual Game Boy because it's so small. It's really more of a novelty than anything. But the games included are interesting, like they're... Well, not included, but games made for it. There's Pokemon Tetris, Togepi's Great Adventure, which I think is the most expensive one. There are a couple of Pokemon virtual pet games. There's a version of Pokemon Pinball. There's a game starring the Doug Trio. There are quite a few Pokemon games released for this weird little system. It's it's a really interesting one. Pac-Man. We just mentioned Pac-Man and all of the games that it has, but one of the weird ones is they made a sequel to Pac-Man, like a direct sequel. Not Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man is technically a direct sequel, but there was Pac-Man 2, The New Adventures, which released for the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. But it's not like the same Pac-Man gameplay with a new story and more interesting characters and other dynamics and whatnot. No, it's a point-and-click adventure game. I think it was Nintendo or Namco, whatever, I think. I can't remember who made it. Trying to replicate the success of the PC point-and-click games like monkey island and day of the tentacle and whatever it was lucas arts was doing so yeah i've never played it again but it sounds like such a weird one i mean i've talked about the biggest game franchises ever but i think tetris is definitely up there because of how many different versions it is and tetris is like the most addictive puzzle game ever so there was a sequel to tetris a direct sequel called tetris 2 it was released in 1993 for the NES, Game Boy, Super Nin- and Super Nintendo. It made color-based matches instead of row clearing, kind of like maybe Candy Crush or something. Or it's probably it's closer to Dr. Mario than actual Tetris. Looks interesting nonetheless. Not only was there a Tetris 2, but there was also a Tetris 3. It was called Super Tetris 3, and it was released for the Super Famicom in 1994. It's closer to the original Tetris gameplay than Tetris 2 was, but I haven't played it, so I don't know what to tell you. Um, Next one, this one is probably one of the weirder ones on this list because it's not even technically a spinoff of a franchise, but rather it's part of a game. It's the second game and a series of games that inspired a pretty big Nintendo franchise. So in the early 90s, there was this company called Argonaut Software that was experimenting with software. And one of the things they did was they created a 3D uh, space simulator Game Boy game called X, also known as Ekusu in Japan. I think it only released in Japan. I can't remember. It was either Japan and Europe or just Japan. I don't think it even came to the U.S., But it was innovative for the time, and Nintendo saw this technology, and they hired Argonaut Software to make the Super FX chip, which was used in Super Nintendo games like Star Fox, which, interestingly enough, was known as Star Wing in Europe, I think, because of this other famous thing named Star Fox. I can't remember. 
but it it also worked for stunt race fx which is an actually it's kind of like a super nintendo hidden gem i've played some of it and it's pretty fun it controls a little wonky but it's fun it's kind of like the sega genesis game virtual racer but slightly different and more cartoony and crazy and also doom anyway so star fox was inspired by this game called x and star fox kept getting sequels but x never got one until x scape which was released for the nintendo dsi shop dsiware in 2010 so it looks kind of similar to red alarm which is another star fox slash x inspired game that came out on the virtual boy because of the color palette it has i haven't played it looks somewhat interesting but whatever Mega Man is another one of those game franchises that's kind of everywhere. He's had so many spinoffs because there was Mega Man, then there was Mega Man X, then Mega Man Zero, then Mega Man ZX, and Mega Man Battle Network, then Mega Man Legends. And basically, Mega Man is everywhere. You cannot avoid him. But one of the games that was made was kind of weird was Super Adventure Rockman, which was a game released in 1998 for the PS1 and Sega Saturn. It's an interactive movie game that's kind of dramatic and soap opera-ish from what I've heard. The character of Roll dies in it, so it's not technically canon with the Mega Man universe. Kind of like the Mario game for the Bandai Terabico, I guess. It's just such a weird concept. I can't remember if it was Japan only or not, but it's weird. Next up is Kingdom Hearts for the Vcast. So Verizon set up this wireless service. And this Kingdom Hearts game was offered for it. It was released for cell phones in 2005. Instead of being worked on by Square Enix, it was worked on by Disney Interactive. And it looks absolutely terrible. Like it looks like a PlayStation 1 game. And that system came out 10 years before. Looks just so weird. So next up, we have Super Monkey Ball. So speaking of cell phones that also function as game systems, Nokia released this system called the N-Gage in the early 2000s it was kind of weird it was like a cell phone that was also a game but if you wanted it to function as a cell phone you had to like move part of the piece and then you have to talk to it on the side like the way you talk with your phone is you have the screen touching your ear well think of it so it's like the side of the phone is touching your ear with the screen facing outwards and that's how you made calls on the nokia n-gauge but some of the video games released for it, uh, Sonic got a game for it called Sonic N, I think. But Super Monkey Ball, that was another game for it that came out for the Nokia N-Gage. Haven't played it, just like most of these. Final Fantasy. So there are quite a few Final Fantasy games. In fact, there are so many, I had to include two. Because I kind of tried to cherry pick like one of the, like the weirdest one from each series I could find. But this was kind of the best one. These were two of the best ones that I could find. So there was Final Fantasy Type-0, which was released for the PlayStation Portable only in Japan in 2011. So it's part of this Final Fantasy sub-series that focuses on deities. I can't remember what it was called. Ah, Fabula Nova Crystallis. That was the name of the sub-series. So yeah, it's a super popular RPG franchise. There are many games. The only game in the series I've played is Final Fantasy VII. After that is another Final Fantasy game. It's called Final Fantasy Worldwide Words. It's a typing game released for the iOS app store in 2014. It kind of reminds me of there was this really weird game released in arcades and also I think for the Sega Dreamcast called The Typing of the Dead, 
where in order to fend off zombies, you have to type words as they come on screen as fast as you can. It's a really interesting concept. Um, Square Enix didn't make these, but there was this is another popular RPG series called the Persona was a, is a spinoff of a larger series called the Shin Megami Tensei series, the fifth entry of which released for the Nintendo Switch sometime recently within like the past month or so. Can't remember. And one of the games for it was called Shin Megami Tensei Devil Children. Um, there were two versions of it, just like with the Pokemon games, Black Book and Red Book. These came out for the Game Boy Color in Japan, and it features children of demons, and you have to pit them against each other to fight or something. The next game I wanted to talk about is Resident Evil 2, which released for the TigerGame.com in 1998. So Resident Evil 2 is one of the games in the infamous Resident Evil series. And Tiger, who is infamous for making the bad Tiger electronic LCD games like the Nintendo Game & Watches, but worse, they were so cheap to make, they were included with McDonald's Happy Meals. And they made their own system, which looked like the Game Boy, but functioned a whole lot worse. And one of the games released for it was a version of Resident Evil 2. Nice. So next up is Chokan Crash Bandicoot, which was a racing game that came out in 2007 in the Crash Bandicoot series. Um, It came out for the Docomo SH904i, which I think was a type of cell phone. I can't remember. It was like a really weird racing game. There was this other obscure um crash bandicoot game i can't remember what it was but there was this boss who was like a skeleton man i think his name was grimoire or something and he was like a such an obscure like in joke within the crash bandicoot franchise like the the devs took notice and included him as a character in the new crash bandicoot infinite runner game for iphones Next up is Rayman Rush. This is a port for the PlayStation 1 of a PlayStation 2 game, which is weird. The PlayStation 2 game is called Rayman Arena, but the PlayStation 1 port just has the racing uh, portion stuff from Rayman Arena. I want to say that like in other areas of the world, Rayman Arena was called Rayman M, but I think America didn't want to call it Rayman M because M means mature on the ESRB rating board. So they didn't want to encounter a controversy. So they didn't name it that. Next up, Metal Gear Solid Digital Graphic Novel. This released for the P- the PlayStation Portable in 2006. And it's basically just a digital graphic novel. I would prefer it if they made like an actual printed version of it, but eBooks are pretty common. And I'll be frank, they're pretty fun to use if you can't find the actual physical version of the book. But support your local booksellers. Get the physical version of the book if you can. Or at your library, whatever. Torneco, The Last Hope. This came out in 1999 for the PlayStation 1. If you've never heard of this one, don't feel bad. It's a spinoff of Dragon Quest, specifically Dragon Quest 4. And I can't remember what it's about. But yeah, I bothered to put it on here, right? Next is Wolfenstein RPG, which came out for the iOS in 2008. So it's a Wolfenstein game, but the Wolfenstein games are famous for like being first person shooters, right? Well, this was an RPG that came out for the iPhone app store. It's kind of weird what direction series will go in sometimes. Next is Halo, 
Fire Team Raven. So this was an arcade game, but it's an arcade version of the original Halo. Interesting. Um, next is Ryuga Gotoku Genzan. This is a Japanese-only entry in the pretty famous Yakuza series developed by Sega, but it takes place in feudal Japan. I think the reason this didn't come to America was because of it being such a traditionally Japanese game with of like where it takes place in the culture surrounding it. That's like maybe it's a little too much for American audiences. I really hope that the founder of Nintendo, Fusajiro Yamauchi, is actually a character in this because he was living in feudal Japan when he founded Nintendo and made Hanafuda playing cards in the in 1889, I think. Lastly, we have Rhythm Ten Goku. So the Rhythm Heaven series is a relatively famous Nintendo series that um they had games for the DS, Wii, and a digital-only game for the 3DS. But before that, there was a Japanese-only Game Boy Advance game called Rhythm Ten Goku. And Sega made an arcade version of it, also called Rhythm Ten Goku. And that was basically it. Sadly, I wish I could have come up, I wish I could have found more, but these were some of the more interesting ones that I came across. Yoshimitsu, do you have anything to add? Nope. Nothing. I mean, another thing that I would like to mention is that um, Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast was one of the very first games ever to get DLC. So there was, um, there was some Christmas DLC and some New Year's DLC because the Dreamcast could work with the internet. I don't know if it still can, but it's interesting that it ever could. So, all right. Wow, we really moved through this one quick. Anyway, I think now would be a good time to talk about to go through the years in gaming. Okay, this year in gaming is 2015. Oh, my knuckles. Um, started off on January 22nd with Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Uh, for the Wii U, it was not released until February 20th in the USA. February 13th, new 3DS XL uh, was released. Uh, March 12th, Mario Party 10 was released, but not in the US until eight days later. Mar uh, March 15th, Mario vs. Donkey Kong Tipping Stars was released. April 29th, Xenoblade Chronicles X was released for the Wii U, but not in the US until December 4th. Uh, May 28th, Splatoon was released, but on the US until 2019. May 31st, no, no, it it, oh. it didn't release until. Wait, did this? I think it. I think I meant June 19th. Oh, okay, that makes maybe sense. I meant the 29th. I can't remember. May 31st, Doctor Mario Miracle Cure was released. <sighs> Sorry, not in the US though until June 11th. Uh, speaking of which, June 11th, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix was released on the 3DS, but not in the US until June 15th of the following year. June 25th, Yoshi's Woolly World was released, but not in the US until October 26th, and it was uh, released again in 2017 on January 19th for the 3DS. That one was called oh. uh, Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World. Okay. Also released on the same day was Sonic Runners for the iOS. Uh, July 7th, Rocket League was released. July 30th, Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer was released, but not in the U.S. until September 25th. September 10th, Super Mario Maker was released, not in the U.S. until the following day, which, again, I don't understand. Probably um, shipping. I don't know. Yeah. 
also was re-released in 2016 on December 1st or 2nd uh, for the 3DS. September 15th, Undertale was released, as was Persona 5. Uh, sometime in October, Minecraft Story Mode was released. That's actually kind of fun. I Sadly, they only put the first, ser uh, first series out on Netflix, like the first five episodes, so I wasn't able to do much with it. Uh, November 13th, Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival was released. November 20th, Mario Tennis Ultra Smash was released. And lastly, uh, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam was released for the 3DS, but not in the U.S. until January 22nd of the following year. All right. There are, um, there's some things I have to say about the games we did talk about before we move on. So Xenoblade Chronicles X is one of the few games for the Wii U that hasn't been yet ported to the Switch. Let's hope it does. As was Splatoon. And yes, I checked. So it basically came out on May 29th, the day after the 28th in the U.S. Like I said, it's just probably so they can allow for a day for the American copies that, might, that are probably made in Japan to be shipped over to the U.S. or to allow for a day just in case anything goes wrong. And... So why did I put December 1st slash 2nd? I probably meant December 12th, and I, I messed up. All right, so there are quite a few games that I have added on this list later after I sent the original Yoshimitsu. So first off, episode one of Life is Strange, known as Life is Strange Chrysalis, released. So And then various episodes was released after, and I think Life is Strange Remastered recently came out for the Switch. Same day as the 3DS, the new 3DS XL, February 13th, the Escapists release. It's a pretty... Escapists. Escapists, sorry. So it's a game about a prison break or something. Same day as Mario Party 10 on March 12th, Yakuza 0 released. It's a prequel to the Yakuza series, I guess. But it didn't release in the US until January 24th of 2017. March 18th, Tekken 7 came out. May 9th, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. This series was based off a series of books written by a Polish author named And Andrzej Stopkowski, I think. But it's like he really didn't like video games at all. So when the publisher CD Projekt Red asked him for publishing rights, he's like, okay, then. And I think he only gave them like $1,000 for licensing fees or something. And then when he realized how big it was, he was like, oh, wow, I regret that decision. And apparently he does actually like the games. He just doesn't like video games in general, but he does appreciate how those games turned out. Um, June 23rd, Batman Arkham Knight released, which I think is the only M-rated entry in the series, interestingly. August 4th, Rare Replay came out. It's the game that has like 30 old Rare games. Probably the only reason I'll buy an Xbox One or a Series X if I ever do. September 29th, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 came out. I heard it's basically the worst in the entire Tony Hawk series. I haven't played it, so no. Uh, October 23rd, Assassin's Creed Syndicate came out. October 27th, Halo 5 Guardians released. And November 10th, Fallout released so i sincerely do wish i had more but we do have a special announcement so recently spotify wrapped released for those who have been spot users of spotify and because 
Anchor is a Spotify company. We got our own version of rap that showed basically some of our listeners and stuff. So one of the most interesting pieces of information I got was the grand total of in terms of minutes of all the episodes we've released is 1,961 minutes, which I think is a solid day. I posted something about that on the server, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a little over 24 hours, like 24 hours and like one fourth, uh, like um a, a day and a quarter or something like that. But yeah, um, it's interesting how many episodes and stuff we've released. Like the 39 episodes, this one currently is episode 34, but that doesn't count for like the quick bonus episodes that were like announcements or like links to things. I did a couple of those. And then also the episodes of Geeks and Films. So I'm incredibly sorry for this episode being so short, but because I have a special announcement. So uh, next week, we are going to celebrate Geeks and Games' first birthday. So after- Has it really been a year? Yeah, almost. So I looked this up and apparently we recorded our very first episode, December 21st of 2020. It was interesting to know how, that we've been doing this show for a year. So because of that, what I'm going to have Yoshimitsu and I do is react to the very first episode we did to see how well-aged it was. And I'll probably give you some behind-the-scenes content as in, like, stuff behind the episode, how it came to be, why it took so long to get edited, and I had to release episode two first. You know, little things like that that you fans will probably be interested in. And then after that, we're going to do Home Alone for and Home Alone 2 for Geeks and Films. And then we're going to take a week off for Christmas break. So because we want because we want to be considerate to ourselves so we can have time with our families and also to our listeners who probably don't want to be bombarded with podcast recommendations on Christmas. With that, Yoshimitsu, where can people find you? People can find me on Lego Ideas as Spectre Vamp, as well as on Discord and Mechabricks. Um, I'm trying to be more active on Mechabricks, but we will see how that goes. And that's pretty much it. Where can people find you online, Tiger? All right. You can find me on Scratches Woodstock 05 and Lego Ideas with Woodstock 05. I don't think I'll post anything there, at least for the foreseeable future. Also find me on Mechabricks as GNG Tiger. I'm working on this project that uh i had found using instructions from a book there was this lego model i really enjoyed that i that came from this book i had built it like three times and i think the second time i made it i had built it right before my family moved and so it got kind of jostled around and it's like i kind of had the pieces for it but because i didn't really have the pieces in those specific colors it looked kind of messy but the point is now that I have mecha breaks, I'll have the opportunity to make it everything I'd ever wanted it to be and more by adding other little characters and details and whatnot. It's pretty interesting. I can't wait for it to be done. Also, join our Discord server. I'll post little things about uh, stuff we mentioned on the show. At some point, I'll probably post the number one sets we did in our top 10, top five Lego sets we did in our last episode. Maybe a few of those just so y'all can see what they look like. And also, you'll have the opportunity to ask us questions and stuff there pretty easily. We'll either respond to them on Discord or more likely than not on the show. 
And also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. And um, also, if you have any questions, comments, additions to our years in gaming or films we should cover on Geeks and Films, you can also send those in an email to geeksandgamespodcast at gmail.com. Oh, another thing I forgot to mention on the Discord server is when we do a poll, you will have the opportunity to vote on those. So, yeah, I hope if you do join that, you'll have a lot of fun there. Um, but that is it for this episode of Geeks and Games. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.